as we welcome in Gord Stellick from Sirius XM NHL Radio. Morning, Gord. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Uh, good to be back, Kevin. Well, you know, I, I told you the last time you were on with us, Gordon, in the morning that um, I get to listen to you and, and Lachlan uh, for about four minutes on my drive to work in the morning because that's how quick or close I live to the studios here. And uh, then, so I was listening today and you were just back from a little little vacation, little holiday, but I didn't catch where you were. What was it all about? Well, you know, something uh, like out of my comfort zone, so kind of a once-in-a-lifetime hike trip for me so my wife and I were with three other couples in the British Virgin Islands Ooh. so sailing uh, a bunch of different islands the other couples had done it before and, and they knew how to uh, um, you know uh, pilot the boat or navigate the boat so it was uh, you know I, sailing still is not my cup of tea in the big picture but it was kind of a, a, a one-off opportunity so we had a great time hmm. and uh, and now back to reality so so how big was the boat and like how did it work with uh, these couples that kind of kind of know how to operate it well uh so like like it was a big one like 50 feet long whatever four bedrooms four washrooms um the the one guy that the main guy is in charge also doubles as my doctor so that made me feel good and he's uh he's the guy that you know really knows how to drive it and then a few other people assisted i was like gilligan right i was like i, <laughs> I, was, I was just the gonna say most useless person on it but i i did my bit and i, and I will tell you kevin you know there were there were one one day in particular man um, the uh, the the seas got rough. If not for the courage of our fearless crew, I don't I don't know quite that, but uh, it, it is um, it is an eye opener when when you haven't you know you don't really know the ocean and how yeah. uh, boy how big and how tough and how turbulent it could get. So it had a little bit of everything. It was a lot of enjoyment. We but we had some serious sails. Hmm. And yeah, and a big thing not having to hire a crew is a, you know plus cost wise and and, uh, and and they knew what they're doing so uh, they got us safely whatever we were um, you don't dock but you find these balls that are kind of anchors and you try to log, log on to them and mm. there'd be a little bit of friendly yelling and that always it was a little bit chaotic but otherwise it was pretty it was pretty cal- uh, calm as far as uh, everything wow. went sounds like a real cool cool holiday was it um, were you able or did you not even care to kind of be plugged in did you go radio silent did you not know anything that was going on in hockey the world kind of things or how did that work uh yeah so i'm coming to you today with nothing no i i uh, <laughs> I, I had uh no i stayed in you know stayed involved stayed mm-hmm. involved and uh i mean something like first of all boy you talk about coaching changes and who would think Patrick Wall would be behind the Islander bench. Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, like only Montreal Canadian fans can do just that, you know, great, great greeting and classy tribute to the visiting team coach and that. So, no, so I was able to uh, follow, you know, obviously not as in depth as when I'm doing the show and that, but I was able to keep in touch with things and the incredibly red hot Edmonton Oilers, the sinking uh, right, right now, Los Angeles Kings and the Toronto Maple Leafs coming up with three consecutive wins, two against a really good Winnipeg Jet team. So, uh, Gord Stellick with us on Sports 1440. From uh, Toronto's uh, take, what's your uh, perspective on what's been going on here with the Oilers in 16 straight wins, one off the league record? Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, Kevin, so there's been a number of coaching changes, and uh, it may be because how well it's worked in Edmonton may have precipitated some of the other ones. But in, in every other case, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, okay, okay, maybe not a super surprise. I mean, Ottawa, St. Louis, the Islanders, and, you know, those kind of teams here up in the air, what they were going to do this this year. But the Oilers, like, it never made any sense Mm -hmm. at the start of the season. You got Connor McDavid, and you got Leon Dreisaitl, and you got the team that finished the way it did last year. And I know 
you know, working with Mike Johnson, he's a big guy on metrics and stats and stuff within the game. And I know a lot of it was the Oilers actually were showing well on that. Like one of those, it's only a matter of time till it comes type things. And then it ultimately did. So I always felt, you know, they're kind of like the Leafs that in the number, it's a minimum you're in the playoffs. Like, I mean, you, you, you had your growing pains, but now that's a minimum expectation that you get in the playoffs. So I, I even the deep hole they dug, I really was never in doubt about that. So I, uh, uh, what an entertaining team to watch. You know, Kevin, one thing it'll help answer, because you, you can never kind of figure out the question that when you are one of those teams, I don't know what they are, they're eight or ten, whatever number of teams that are in the position right now they expect to make the playoffs in for the foreseeable future, which, again, Edmonton's one, Toronto's another. Like, how – and you've had playoff well, limited successes, but mostly disappointments, more so in Toronto than Edmonton, but on both sides. That how does an 82-game regular season best prepare you for a, a, a great playoff? Like last year, we saw Boston, you know, eliminating the first round after a great regular season. Uh, one of the epic ones, the Tampa Bay Lightning, all those years ago, eliminated by Columbus in the first round. So I'm, I'm wondering in Edmonton's case that, you know, this kind of adversity, does it make you more playoff strong? I mean, we'll find out. I mean, Toronto's had a much more uneven season. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm curious how that's going to play it well for the Oilers. But uh, I, I wasn't surprised at all that they turned things around. There's a lot of people involved, but I'm really big on Jeff Jackson. I think that was a huge positive move made in the off season, And you kind of seem that the element of calm and perspective and you know, what he's brought in that regard in, 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 in that particular role, helping get things turned around. And they're just a fun, entertaining team to, to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more focus, uh, more focus team defense and all those other things. And also you're, you're finally getting goaltending. I mean, geez, you don't have goaltending, you're screwed. You know, and, and, uh, and that was a huge part of the tough start. Well, you know, Gord, uh, as we're speaking with Gord Stellick from a Sirius XM NHL radio, Stu Skinner in the 16-game winning streak, he's uh, 12-0, and his goals against is 1-4-1, his save percentage yeah. is nine fifty. I mean, those are just astronomical numbers. And then when you add in the, the fact that the Oilers' special teams, right now, when, when you combine them, they're third, uh, PK and power play, they're third in the NHL behind Tampa Bay and, and Carolina. So that's, that's how, how good these teams are playing, uh, good this team is playing with the man advantage and on the PK. So those are the three things. But uh, between that and Skinner, uh, they are playing as best, as as good as I've seen them play, you know, since I've been covering the team for 25 right. years. So uh, they're they, they playing on, on another level. Uh, what do you make of uh, Corey Perry coming here? Oh, great pickup. Great pickup. I mean, it was, he, he played, what, a number of years for about $1 million or whatever the minimum mm-hmm. was. And a big reason he got the $4 million contract from Chicago was because it was known that Edmonton was interested in him. Connor McDavid was interested in him. And, uh, and, and so ju- just a great pickup, just a great pickup, whoever was going to get him. And, you know, whatever happened in Chicago once and very quickly, Gary Bettman basically, you know, just kind of said, gave his blessing about trying to get, let Corey Perry figure things out. There's not going to be anything additional that uh, any kind of discipline or whatever it may be. So just get back to playing hockey and, you know, maybe in some cases you end up having a few weeks off when you're a veteran player. It's not a bad thing for the regular season, but, you know, I, I love these kind of players. I mean, the guy won a Hart Trophy years ago, and then later in his career he's able to evolve into a different role and, and do that with the same kind of um, intensity as the guy that scored a ton of points and won a Hart Trophy. So uh, you knew he was going to go to one of the um, playoff teams for sure, and uh, I, I, th- I just think he's a great pickup. 
Gord Stalick with us on Sports 1440. Uh, you touched it as we go around the league here, Gord. You touched on it a little bit about the LA Kings and what's been happening there. Uh, you know, what, you know, a couple months ago I had them ranked number one in the power rankings. Now they're uh, really falling off, but uh, two wins in 16 games. Uh, Todd McClellan did get a vote of confidence from Rob Blake, but I don't know how much more how, how much more patient they can be with with their head coach here. Your thoughts on what's going on in LA? Well, if Nashville beats Ottawa tonight, which uh, is very likely, you think um, they pass the LA Kings are out of the playoffs. That's 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 unfathomable. Yeah. That's hard with the kind of start they had. So, again, and, and this is where what happened in Edmonton with Jeff Jackson, Kenny Hall, and Paul Coffey, and others. You know, thinking it through. Uh, I know they're doing that in Los Angeles as well. And and you know what? Where what's the coach's role in this? You know what's going on with Drew Doughty and calling out certain players uh, again. You got to be careful licking your chops when you make a trade about how you fleeced Winnipeg in the Pierre Luc Dubois trade, where now it looks the opposite. So, you know what's going on with Kelly? What's you know the goaltending's a part of a you know just so yeah, it's 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 a real you know they've had a lot of one goal games, mm-hmm. a lot of overtime losses and shootout losses and that, but what uh, whatever. And again, I always go back to the 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 play. The dressing room is real. So inside the dressing room, it's real. Whatever whatever things may be amiss or what things are going to come around, uh, Mike Johnson actually says they're, much like Edmonton earlier in the year, their they're deeper dive stats are actually not all that bad. It's kind of, you know, they're, they're better than the record indicates. But uh, you can't, you know, <laughs> uh, boy, oh, boy, you're, you're at the point now where you have to figure out what it is that needs some fixing and, and do it. Gord Stellick with us on Sports 1440. We had Aaron Portsline on at uh, about an hour ago, Gordon. I know you know him well with the Athletic, and he was just touching base with uh, everything that's been happening with Columbus. Uh, what's your take on the Jackets? Uh, again, this is a team that just seems to be in in disarray. And then uh, the news with Patrick Lyony. Uh, what's uh, what's your thoughts on what's happening with this uh, Jackets organization? Well, you know, you know, two of us, you know, we've been in the business or following it for a lot of years. And I was talking, we had Yarmo Kekalina on our show a couple of weeks ago, just saying, you think you've seen everything. And then you see a head coach not even make it to his first training camp, you know, with the whole Mike Babcock situation. So all of a sudden, uh, I, it, to me, it can't be an excuse. In a lot of ways, you came together as players and got that result. So I thought maybe a, a chance to galvanize the players moving forward. They're kind of like Ottawa, though, that you, whatever expectations you had, you're kind of saying, okay, we're going to be in the draft lottery one more time. And uh, so now you got to play, you got to give, I mean, their, their attendance actually has been half decent. So you've got to give your fans a solid effort. You got to develop some habits, some positive habits the rest of the way. And I, I, I know they know that and are, and are aware of that. And the line A situation explains a lot. I mean, he had that game earlier in the year that he just was going to be a healthy scratch and, even he said, I just need to get my head in the game or whatever, or, you know, I need a tweak or a reset. Well, you know, if someone is dealing with that and you find out whatever else he's doing, and we always wish everybody the best when they're and applaud the fact they're trying to get some help and getting that help uh, with it. Because, you know, Johnny Goodrow, Patrick Line, two big pickups by them the last couple of years and, uh, um, you know, not happening there, not happening there right now. So they're going to, uh, like I said, have the, just kind of ride it. Well, you don't want to ride it out, but just have, hopefully have a pause, take each game and have a positive game and, you know, give some positives for the fans and for yourselves to draw and then the off season. Gord Stellick with us on Sports 1440. Uh, let's get to the Leafs, Gord. Uh, you're kind of bread and butter, and uh, I guess what you guys focus on, obviously, in Toronto. So what do you make of 
kind of going into the all-star break where this team is, where you think it should be, and maybe where it should be going? So, you know, Kevin, it's, uh, again, I, I equated that. I, I said that about Edmonton. What's the best 82-game regular season to have for the playoffs? And, you know, with the Toronto Maple Leafs that one year, uh, that playing with empty arenas in the lockout, you know, in the Canadian division, that, I mean, they killed it. Mm-hmm. They killed it. Uh, they, they went into Edmonton, won three consecutive games, and almost got three shutouts in it with three different goaltenders, came in first, and at the end, 3-1 lead over the Montreal Canadiens, and they're out. So, you know, I so this is much more uneven ride. It's a bumpier ride. They're not where, you know, Boston is, and you thought at some time the Leafs would supplant the Bruins, say, as being the best team in the regular season in the Atlantic Division. So it's a, it's a funny animal. I think one thing is they got got to get away from the sexiness of who's going to ride to the rescue as a trade deadline pickup. There's no Nick Foligno. There's no Ryan O'Reilly. Like if you get a uh, – like Luke Shen was a great pickup last year, a lesser-known kind of pickup. So if you get some kind of depth pickups, you know, that's going to be – that's what you're going to be looking at. Guys like Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi are kind of your pickups you made in the summer, and a lot of it was based on the fact that they've had solid playoffs in the past when presented the opportunity. So it's the, this is the gang that's got to get them to the next place. Like, you know, Damian Cox and myself, we wrote a book on the – Leaf team back in the 1970s called the book's called Revival, but it was about you know four homegrown guys and Boya Somming, Lanny McDonald, Tiger Williams, Daryl Sittler, and 40 plus years later, uh, of course Boya passed away, but they're as close as you could be. You know who knows in 40 years down the road where Marner, Matthews, uh, Riley, and and uh, Nylander will be, but that's kind of a comparable four homegrown players that got to get to that next level and that you know team in the 70s had a huge playoff win for people old enough to remember a tough seven game series over the New York Islanders. And this Leaf team hasn't done that yet. And that's kind of where they got to get Edmonton's done that Edmonton's got to get further too. And the Leafs hope they get as far as Edmonton way, a Toronto Edmonton final. I mean, that's what they hope. And when they're good, you can see it. And then when they're not, you can say much like the Oilers earlier in the year, these kind of things that are lacking of attention to detail, attention to team play, attention to defense, is it going to be a disappointing playoff exit again? Well, the country would blow up if it were a Leafs-Oilers-Stanley Cup final. Do you think um, Ilya Samsonov has found his game totally? Uh, well, you know, goaltending, right? You know, week to week, you know, funny things you saw with Jack Campbell about who had seemed to revive his career in Toronto and, and it couldn't happen in Edmonton. I, I give Samsonov credit. Much like Campbell, I like a stand-up guy, you know, mm-hmm. about, and, hey, the Leafs sticking with whoever it is. Like, when the puck drops, I mean, last year, the Florida Panthers didn't believe in Bobrovsky for game one of the playoffs. He was a healthy backup, right? Yeah. And then he got going, got on a tear. So, whether it's Edmonton or Toronto, whether it's Joe Wall or Samsonov or, heaven, hey, Martin Jones, who's kind of been a good, good number three, uh, whatever, hey, Vegas-style of goaltending, right, gives you a Stanley Cup. They're not Vesna winners, mm-hmm. uh, but gives you a Stanley Cup, lesser known. Same with Edmonton. So you just got to hope, whoever it is, uh, if they steal games, that's a bonus, but gives you good enough goaltending every game that to for a chance to win it when it's the playoffs. A uh, couple things off topic. I just got an email, uh, Gord, right while we're talking from Dick Irvin, who's going to be coming on our show on Wednesday. How's that? Oh, you know, that's pretty Please cool. Give Dick my regards. You oh. talk about iconic. Yeah. And uh, and uh, anyway, just a, a great resource, a great help. Oh. 
to anybody in the business. So that 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 is great. I love I love listening to Dick Urban. Oh, so I'm looking forward to that. I just got a. He just kind of sent me a note. What's the routine? You want to call before he wants to make sure? Because I mean, as you know, Dick was so well prepared on everything. He wants to make sure that he's you know coming into this interview on Wednesday. And of course, our our co-host on Wednesday is David Schlemko, who played in Montreal. So there'll be yeah. that ang- angle as well. Uh, the other thing too, and you mentioned it, Gord, about Boris Salming. Uh, were you able to watch the documentary on Crave on Salmi? Oh yeah, okay. yeah, and? yeah. I um, uh, yeah, no, like like in some ways for me because I was so in it, I was so mm-hmm. in that era. So there's a but but let's face it, every every production takes literary license to make it a better production, right? Yeah. So there's a number of things that really, you know, a number of individuals that are more prominent than whatever it may be. But the bottom line was, and again, I have a passion for it, love for it. So I love it. Yeah. Right. I've, I've loved the documentary uh, about him. I, I mean, he's my all time iconic favorite player. It was such a privilege to, you know, you know, work so closely with him, get to know him and all that. So uh, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm killing it. Mm-hmm. I just, I really, really enjoy it. What do you think of it? I'll be honest. The first couple episodes, it took me a while to get, like I just, and uh, the production value for me is a little different. I'm looking at it other through a different lens than you are. I liked the episodes like uh, three, four and five, once they kind of got going a little more in Toronto. Um, the other thing that I wish, and I, I always liken it to when you watch a hockey documentary or a hockey film or anything, that's, that's why Miracle was such a great picture for me because the players could skate. You know, you could see um, the ability that they had that, you know, all those kids in the Miracle movie were kind of hockey players. Uh, this one here, you, you, you don't see that. I don't feel that as much. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, it's... Uh uh, miracle boy it, it worked in both the Carl Malden playing Herb Brooks and Kurt Russell <laughs> yeah. playing Herb Brooks but yeah it, and you know you look at they're trying to get a semblance of Maple Leaf Gardens and they're you can't you can't you can't have a second you know mm-hmm. if, if it ain't Maple Leaf Gardens man it's 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 just very very secondary so we all we all get a little picky at that but I will say you know the first like I, I was unaware I don't know how much is being played up or not I don't know but about you know, the fact that he's from northern Sweden and the elements of discrimination that he faced, I, I was completely unaware of that. Um, and because Borea was the coolest cat going, mm-hmm. he kicked ass. And that, and that personality is a little bit more timid than Borea. Borea was not timid. as He just kicked ass. Yeah. He was larger than life. He did his own thing. He was his own man. He, you know, so so uh, I, I kind of smile a little bit about that. But uh, I... Uh, uh, anyway, I've enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think I think you and I could be skating in some of those scenes <laughs> as an extra. I think you're well, right. I appreciate your time, Gordon. Uh, when I think of you on a sailboat, I, I don't think of Gilligan at all. I think of like the professor for sure. You know. Well, I've got the body of the skipper without the <laughs> nautical ability, so that's uh, that's probably how it all was. But anyway, uh, anyway, I'm back, and always good to talk hockey. Good catching up. Thanks, Gordon. Appreciate your time. We'll talk soon. Take care. See you.